Hi FM presents South African politics and news with the South African Institute of Race Relations. The IRR show, independent, relevant and real, is hosted by Sarah Gon every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10, promoting life, liberty and property rights. On my way back from the wonderful holiday in the north, I was driving on the M1 from north to south and at the split to call it drive, which I think most of you will know, there is one of these huge billboards which says racism is not the problem. I turn over to my guest, Gabriel Krauser, a regular from the IRR who's intrepid journalist and now head, head of campaigns. Gabriel, what is it that I saw and why did I see it? Well, you saw both a very important statement of fact and a website address, www.racismisnottheproblem.coza. And we have launched a campaign of this name and this website to unpack some sort of best of times, worst of times news coming out of IRR research. Our latest demographically representative, you know, international best practice gold standard statistical survey conducted towards the end of last year showed that racism is not the problem. It definitely exists. It's a terrible thing when it happens, but it is not the average daily lived experience. It is not the main obstacle to progress. And it is something that most South Africans identify as being used in, in fake reformulations, especially the sort of everywhere racism, critical race theory, uh, to distract from the actual problems holding us back. So this is a campaign to draw attention to the fact that there's some good news. Uh, turns out uh, that the problems of two generations ago are not the same as the problems today, but also to get real about what the problems of today are and try and energize South Africans, inspire them to know that they're not alone in seeing what's really at uh, issue here, and energize them to, to get real about those challenges we face. Um, what's quite interesting is that I, I do five minutes on Chai FM on Thursday evenings, and the, the host is uh, Simon Anstey. And we have a lot of fun, but the one area I'm struggling to persuade him is that racism is not the problem. And what I find fascinating, just to delve into those surveys, is the IRR has been doing these surveys for a number of years, and the question is always asked, what is the major problem for the person being surveyed? We don't suggest any problems, we don't raise any issues, but singularly, and this is fascinating, that of 12 to 14 questions, the top problem for most people is unemployment. It's always unemployment. The problems after that can vary. It can be crime, it can be health, it can be education. It depends on the year, it depends on the problem. But right at the bottom, in the last two, come racism and land reform. And I have always found that fascinating because what to me it shows, and I appreciate your comment on this, is that racism looms large in our, in our discourse around the media, but that's where it is. It comes from uh, personalities in the media and largely politicians. Yeah, so I think that's right. So to go through some of those headline uh, findings, 95% uh, of people of all races identified 
you know, major problems other than racism, and 3% identify racism as a major problem. Uh, is that just because there's so many other bigger problems? Well, partly, but it's partly because race relations have significantly improved. Most people agree with that. Most people, uh, when asked, have you personally experienced any racism in the last five years? 80% say no. 80% of people say they haven't experienced, of all races, say they haven't experienced any form of racism in the last five years. Uh, then we ask, do you think politicians are talking about racism and colonialism in order to excuse their own failures? Majority say yes. We ask, do you think merely jobs, more jobs and better education, you know, rather than race-based law, will is the best way to improve lives? Most people say yes. We ask people, do you want more BEE or more uh, better jobs and education? Most people say, you know, 80% say better jobs and, and education. In previous surveys, we asked, uh, do you, how do you think job appointments should be made by racial quotas or by um, uh, merit, 80% say merit. That number climbs even higher when you ask about national sports teams and teachers. So there's a very strong preference for merit. There's a very weak preference for for sort of race baiting, race style politics. Why is that so hard to convey? I think part of the reason, certainly part of the reason that I've been confronted with yesterday, multiple interviews, the last one was an SAFM, is that people struggle to believe the polls. I think that's a little bit because they they sort of they they misunderstand that polls show trends. They're kind of low resolution pictures. So if I say 80%, that should be read as somewhere between 75% and 85%. You know, there's a margin of error which is statistically discernible. Uh, it's not a, giving you a precise number, but it's giving you a very real tr sense of a trend. And because we keep doing these surveys and we keep getting the same kinds of results, uh, we're quite confident in them on that basis too. But I think just an interesting thing to flag is, I mean, what I've been what I've been getting in other radio interviews is that people really do, well, some journalists really do believe Twitter more than data science, and I kind of, I kind of get it. We we there is so much coming out of both professional and social media uh, by way of racially divisive inflammatory language that I think people uh, find themselves buying into it even if they know that a lot of it's made up which is what our results show and, I, and, and, and in part I think it's because people underestimate the fact that the greatest inequality sort of national inequality on record uh, international even is in the attention economy it's just the case that sort of 0.2% of Twitterers gets 80% of of the attention. Sort of the top 20% of, uh, of of Twitter champions get 96% of online attention. And you find similar uh, numbers across other social networks, and it's even greater when you look at professional journalists. I mean, here you and I are with this great privilege of speaking to a wide audience of listeners. This is sort of two speakers and a lot, a lot of listeners. And, and that kind of imbalance means that, yeah, a few professionals in the media and the social media um, can create the misapprehension that most South Africans are racists and that this is the major problem that needs to be solved by race-based policy um, because they, there are, you know, it just takes a very few gatekeepers at the, at the peak points in the, in the information network 
to to dominate the narrative. And that's what we're pushing up against. That's why it's important to put up a billboard, and we'll be putting up another one in Cape Town. That's why it's important to uh, get on radio and TV and get on mainstream platforms and also use the new media, the Daily Friend, um, various, various uh, YouTube vloggers to let South Africans know that they're not crazy, they're not alone, they can see what the real problems are, and even though they don't often see that acknowledged, uh, that doesn't mean that it isn't basically common knowledge. Mm. That racism is not the problem here. The problem is unemployment. The problem is policy that entrenches poverty, and so on and so forth. Um, one of the one of the interesting things, and and it goes to the the Twitter social media deluge, is that notwithstanding your results occur notwithstanding the Penny Sparrows, the Adam Katsavellos, etc. They, they loom very large. The media is a, it's a wonderful um, um, it's a wonderful way to make something out of something that's really not actually very much um, serious as it, as it is in, in its implications. One of the things I, um, I find interesting about our more recent surveys is that the percentage of whites Saying they've been, they've experienced racism has increased. Mm. Now that would, it, that makes a whole lot of sense given the environment we're talking about, but it's, it is still a little, quite startling to, to see in the survey results. Right. So I think that, you know, our surveys have shown for years that most South Africans, 70%, 80% of South Africans basically have decent values, common sense, want to work together and, mm-hmm. and have the right ideas about how to do that. But there is this 20%, uh, 15%, whatever it is, and that cuts across races um, of race hustlers who profit by, you know, exaggerating claims of racism uh, to accrue their own profit, power, and prestige, as well as just old-fashioned bigots um, who have sort of supremacist silly ideas. And they are consistently emboldened by the mainstream narrative. And you know, international experience and South African experience shows that common sense can be broken, that you can, that sort of elite political actors can, by hammering away repeatedly year after year, decade after decade, uh, they can, they can, they can push us backwards. So this is another part of the reason that it's so important to, 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 to be prepared to say racism is not the problem. That's, that is, at once a descriptive claim based on data, it's also a normative claim. It's a claim that says it is not normal to be racist. Mm. And that's just a fact. And if we want to keep it that way, we have to be prepared to say that. So that when an Adam Katsavellos or Penny Sparrow incident happens, uh, we don't say, well, this proves that mm. it's normal to be racist. Definitely. No, 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 no. That emboldens the racist. This is abnormal. This is destructive. This is very bad behavior. And it stands out precisely because it's abnormal. So that's one category where there's real cases of racism that should be treated as abnormal because that's what it is. There are also cases of fake allegations of racism where, you know, schweizer was a was a case study that I was deeply involved in. We have um, various other schools more recently. Brackenfell was one where I think the allegations of racism were solidly debunked. I'm not exactly sure what's happening at the the Bitbank Technical mm. High School, but I do know that the that the biggest piece of evidence raised by Satu uh, that the, that that school is racist is that 
the headmaster was seen on video in 2019 telling students that it's a privilege to be at that school. <laughs> every head, every, every, prin- as <laughs> every <racist>. principal says that. <laughs> so, so, okay, look, I'm not saying that the school's not racist, but that if that's the best evidence you can come up with, that and the fact that, you know, two kids had a fight, which really happens at a lot of schools. And when I was at high school, a lot of fights were about girls. Some fights are about money and who looked at who wrong at the party. You know, there's all kinds of reasons that boys have fights. So jumping to the conclusion that something is racist is a, is that's a problem. And where if look, if it is shown to be the case that there really is some real racism there, then we must remember that is not normal. If we confuse the exception for the rule, we will fake it. We will fake it till we make it. We're going to fake South Africa as a fundamentally racist country until we actually make that the case, until we embolden racists so hard that that does become normal. And, uh, and, and, and that's a great threat to, to all race groups. I mean, as you say, uh, racism, racist incidents against white people from the data, uh, seem to be on the up. Um, and I, and I do think that's because of race-based policy and the politicians that, that, that use that as an excuse for their own failures. This is kind of the NDR framework. But that doesn't just hurt white people. It hurts South Africans of all colors um, quite seriously, albeit maybe in ways that statistically get distributed differently. But, you know, I think part of the racism is not the problem campaign is trying to avoid the temptation to get into a kind of victim Olympics uh, and say who's who's hurt the most in which special ways and say, no, really what's going on is that we're all having our best potential curtailed by by race hustlers and race baiting politicians that, that are that are just not getting real about our problems. And I, I would suggest it's not just not well they're not getting real about our problems, but they are employing race as a, as a, a weapon uh, to either take our, our 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 eyes off the problems or to look like they are fighting some sort of uh, great battle on behalf of, of an oppressed majority. And I think particularly of, of the behavior of someone like um, uh, Kanyaka Lesufi, um, the MEC for uh, education in Gauteng, and how he absolutely exploded the issue at Pretoria Girls High, this is the hair issue, which I was wrote a lot about. Um, he literally helicoptered in to come and be the, you know, the great warrior and beat his chest. And he's done that a few times. But perhaps the most cynical of all had to have been the Zuma era briefing, um, to, whose name I, I now forget, the, oh, Bell Pottinger, to the Bell Pottinger people to create the, uh, uh, white monopoly capitalism idea. I mean, that's like, okay, guys, you know, um, what can we do to sort of really up the ante? <laughs> and, and that, that, that is so, that's so that's very scary because it it doesn't it doesn't care one way or another whether there is racism it, it's trying to create an atmosphere that leads to the point that you say that ultimately we will all be racist yeah right so i mean i think it's interesting to remember about the bell pottinger thing that uh talk of white monopoly capital anteceded uh bell pottinger's arrival on the scene by at least a decade um, this was a kind of talking point that arose in the ANC in the late 90s and 2000s. And what Bell Pottinger did was just sort of identify this as a really useful meme and then get the dark arts of Twitter bots <laughs> armies to, to channel it ahead. And when Bell Pottinger was exposed, I think 
it was it was easy for South Africans to see, look, here's an example of race hustling. Here's a great, perfect example. These guys are trying to profit by uh, selling a crock of, of, of loaded toxic garbage <laughs> into the public arena, injecting it into the main arteries of debate in order to distract attention away from uh, the very real corruption of... Uh, our public services and the looting of the public purse. Yeah. So then Bell Pottinger gets exposed. Uh, wonderfully, it gets defeated. And that's the kind of victory we'd like to repeat. But that victory was not repeated. That was the kind of, you know, th- that example was not, was then not followed. So part of the racism is not the problem campaign is, and, and this is what we're doing this week. It's a very exciting week. Um, you go to the website and check us out on, on social media. You'll, you'll see some of this. We are identifying contemporary race hustlers. People mm. that are deliberately fabricating allegations of racism or distorting mm, mm. Uh, the fact in order to um, devise us. I mean, mul- <laughs> divide and conquer, Sara. Isn't that just about the oldest <laughs> trick in the book? Absolutely, it's we, almost we critical. Fall for it. So we and, and, and the only way to not fall for it is to is to push back. It does. It is a little bit um, difficult to push back. You know. One way I know that racism is a problem sometimes, uh, although it's very abnormal, is that in, in my work as a journalist, I've been attacked. People have shouted, uh, kill the whitey, Bulala Mlungu, while hurling rocks at me. Sislengu Besi, our colleague, has been described in terrible racist terms by black people who resent his ability to debunk the myths of race-based communism, as has Gwen and Gwenya being called an Uncle Tom before pushing non-racialism at the DA. You know, pe- pe- people are subjected to especially racial attacks, they're called racists or Uncle Toms, when they stand up and say, look, racism is not normal, it's Mm. not the major problem here, the major problems are practical and immediate challenges that we can actually confront if we get serious about accountability and proper policy frameworks. Um, Yeah, then you get slapped in the face, uh, and Bell Pottinger did it once, but uh, there are still race hustlers doing it today. And I think it's I think it's a I think it's important to stand up against that mm. and and say let's get real about our problems. You know, I, I I the sort of cartoon that I have in my mind is of these knights in shining armor coming along to the town besieged by a dragon. And uh, the dragon is unemployment, the dragon is crime, the dragon is corruption, the dragon is a schooling system that can't get more than 5% of kids to pass with a matric pass in mathematics these are the grand dragons that really are slaying our our people and uh, here comes the knight in shining armor and it goes and attacks the little sort of rabid poodle (laughs) teeth are so short it can hardly get through your jean pants you know what a what a what a courageous person to spend your life going after adam katsavellas well done you can you know Pat yourself on the head. Mm. Uh, that's done nothing for the 1.3 million people who have just lost their jobs, but good for you. You're a hero. Mm. Uh, I think, uh, anyway, that's the cartoon, <laughs> that's the cartoon I have in mind. And I think it, I think what it really speaks to is this, is the same point. What are our real problems? What is it actually difficult to talk about? What is it actually difficult to achieve that matters? And how's about we do a bit of that? Mm. Mm. No, uh, the, it, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I will watch with interest for a whole lot of reasons, not least of which is the fact that the way a lot of the race merchants uh, succeed is they start, I, w- I was going to say the conversation, but they don't. They start shouting at the public mm. that racism has happened. Um, it's false. 
uh, and it's distorted, but you, they have the momentum. They start going first. And this might be the, one of the first times that some of these people will actually be on the receiving end of being called out for what they do mm. rather than the other way around. Mm. Yeah, and we, and we hope not to be too shouty. We'd like to sort of devastate produce devastating arguments that are that are grounded in facts and solidly presented. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, I'm just going nice to hold you there, Gabriel, the just to go to an ad break, and then uh, if you could stay on for five more minutes, um, the site, have a look at the site. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Give us an idea of, of the sorts of things people can find on the site and uh, – is there something that people can be involved in? Is it, or is it, is it an information site only? No, absolutely. They can get involved. So the, the website itself, racismisnottheproblem.coza, um, basically lays out the, at the, 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 the argument for why it's important to acknowledge uh, this state of play and lays out the data that backs it up. And also provides explainer videos that are short, little, shareable, two-minute YouTube clips that you can watch that kind of condense all of this into a tight format and that you can spread around to people who who, who maybe don't have as much time to uh, listen to the, the long-form version on Chai FM. The next part of it is, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a journey that we're taking you through it. So we have these five phases. Phase one is currently where we're at. Racism is not the problem. I'm happy to say that the next phase will be talking about why race-based policy, which is, which is not popular, but is the law at the moment, needs to be scrapped in order for the real problems to be frankly addressed. Again, we'll be using data. We'll be using videos. We'll be using text to do that. That journey will unpack in five phases, and I'm sure, Sarah, you and I are going to be talking about this more uh, because we're very keen on EDI, but uh, I'll save that for another time. The uh, next thing that you'll see on, on uh, racism is not the problem is common ground, where we talk about the sort of common ground of decency, where we, where we engage in critical thinking on the basis that uh, the color of your skin is not something that I'm going to index values to, and, and you won't do that to me either. Now, there are several platforms that we share, uh, specifically amongst the institutes, that have over half a million subscribers between them that are grounded in this form of non-racialism. This is the common ground, and we start out by laying out those platforms, and we'll be adding to that the sort of articles of you know daily at the moment it's a couple of a week a couple of week but they'll be coming uh, daily contributions that'll then uh, also be linked into that site although they'll first appear elsewhere and the final page i suppose is the support us one where you'll have the opportunity to to link up with our network and if you so choose to contribute um basically to the resources we need to do these demographically representative polls. It's an expensive business to do this, to, to get around the sort of echo chamber bubble server network that is run by race hustlers and actually speak to thousands of ordinary South Africans in a, in a, in a way that really does produce robust evidence for the, the, the values that most South Africans share. This work really is invaluable. I don't believe that South Africa is going to uh, sort of, 
web together the networks of trust that are required in order to confront our real problems without this kind of evidence-based approach. And I think it is just about one of the sort of simplest contributions that one can make uh, in for, for the good. So we do encourage people to go there. Then we have our social media platforms, Racism Not the Problem on Twitter, Racism Not the Problem on Facebook and on Instagram. And yeah, if people sign up there, they can just follow what we do. And if they want to... Um, join in the conversation they're, they're very welcome to do so i think that it, while it's normal to be non-racialist while it's normal to care about the contents of other people's character it is still sort of weird to say that out loud mm. and and we want to help people get to the point where it's not weird where it's just not weird to wear your heart on your sleeve mm. i don't think it should be weird and i think that if we if we do this right that is going to be um, one of the more intangible but, but but profound contributions is just to help people feel that they're not alone. And let me just say that there is a slightly dark side to 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 the feeling alone, which is a kind of superiority that I certainly see in in, in my social circles, where people say, "Well, I know racism is not the problem. Of course, it's not the problem. We've got much bigger issues, and we've had a lot of progress in the last thirty years. It's it's mainly just a distraction." But most other people don't realize that. Mm. There's a little bit of an arrogance to that idea, you know. And and we also do want to burst that bubble, mm. you know. You're not that special if you if you can see that politicians are, are mostly race hustling. Most people can actually see that. Um, so 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 in a way, it's like also inviting people to get off the the sort of high horse of the supercilious isolated position and join the debate as just as as another equal citizen. Who's, who's keen on, on getting real about what's up. Um, that's where we're at. Right. Um, I can, this should have you employed till the end of your natural life, I imagine. <laughs> no, uh, but we're going we're gonna to win much sooner. <laughs> I do hope so. And I have to thank you for coming on because I think it's an extremely important issue. Just to have the word racism out there being tackled is crucial. So thanks very much, Gabriel. I'm sure we will have lots more to talk about as we hit many more of these seemingly controversial issues. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it.